season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of Eagles Talk with Deeg. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated if you can review the podcast. If you can rate the podcast wherever you do listen to the podcast, it would also be greatly appreciated. Today's episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below the waist grooming, want you to shave your pubes with Tom Brady of Ball Trimmers, the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're going towards the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men worldwide trust them. So join the movement with our exclusive offer. Buy the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the four Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, Hair and Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Provider Toner, plus two free gifts, Performance Boxer Briefs, and the Shed Child Bag. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, at manscaped.com. That's code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, at manscaped.com, and you will get 20% off and free shipping. Take your ball defense to the promised land with Manscaped. Today's episode is also sponsored by CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use the deposit code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool and bet responsibly. Today, I am joined but my friend, writer for Eagles Maven at Sports Illustrated, Connor Miles. Connor, how you doing? Hey, dude. Thanks for having me on, man. It's great to talk to you again. Uh, it's been like since like last year since I came on. I the believe pod, the so. last time we talked, it was Tiger King's release. It was over like a year and a half wow. ago. We're talking like, beginning of the pandemic time, I think. I, I remember we're talking about Tiger King on the podcast. That feels like a lifetime away, too. So yeah. The same, man. But great <laughs> to be back on. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Thanks for coming on. I wish uh, we were talking under better, circum- better circumstances. Um, we're going to be kind of talking about the ass whooping that was Monday Night Football. Eagles lose 41 21 to the Dallas Cowboys. Just kind of p- p- completely outclassed on all sides of the ball, coaching, defense, offense, you name it. Eagles were worse than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Connor, let's, I guess we'll start with this question. I don't know if there kind of is someone to fully blame, but if you were to kind of pinpoint someone to take the, take the haul or the responsibility of this loss, who would you put it on? I mean, I really had to sit back this week and think, you know, is Nick Sirianni just another yes man? Like, is he is he just a guy that has to do what Harry Roseman tells him to do? Because it seems like, at least to me, uh, he's struggling to find an identity on offense, which, I mean, I, I think that's that everybody sees that. But uh, they keep trying to force this downfield stuff. And that, that was something that the Eagles did in last year, too. When they drafted all this speed, when they drafted Rager, they drafted Watkins, they drafted Hightowers, they wanted to become a down-the-field type passing offense. And that's what they, re- they, they requested Jalen Hurst to do the same last year. He had one of the highest rates of throwing it down the field 
in the NFL, even in a short time starting, uh, it seems like they're trying to do the same thing again. And, you know, that's just not his style of play. As we all know, we, we, we talk about it. It seems like all the time on social media, his arm strength. But it, it just seems like that's where they're trying to force, you know, these pieces to the puzzle that just don't fit. And it, to me, that comes from above. You know, they brought in another guy who nobody really knew who Nick Sirianni was until these interviews started happening. And considering all the guys they interviewed, Arthur Smith, who I don't think would have been an ES fan to the, to the Philadelphia Eagles front office, uh, Kellen Moore, uh, so on and so forth, all these other guys, and Joshua Daniels, and they, they picked Nick Sirianni, and that seems like he's listening to above. I mean, it seems like how he's saying, here's the personnel I gave you, make it work this way. And I don't know. So far, it's just not so good. And so, if I had to put it the blame, it's going to be Howie Roseman. I mean, you're putting this person, <laughs> you're putting this personnel on the field. Uh, if you're in your coach's ear, like you've been in reportedly in the past, which wouldn't surprise me, uh, how to use this certain personnel? It, you know, it's really harsh because again, this is a coaching staff where first-time offensive play caller Nick Sirianni, he has no experience around him. There's none. Shane Seichen was on a minimum basis with the Los Angeles Chargers under Anthony Lynn, who was. Already a bad play caller as is. His his mentor is Mike McCoy, who has been one of the worst play callers in the NFL and has quickly shifted out of the NFL. Uh, it's just tough studying. I mean, they're asking a lot of Nick Sirianni, but it seems like another puppet being pulled by the strings of Howie Roseman so far because it when, I, when you came into these press conferences and you said, we're going to coach these players' strengths, why are you doing the exact it's opposite on the field? Yeah, it's you're doing not the happening. Exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes me think that you're listening to somebody. Like somebody's telling yeah. you to do it some certain way. And, you know, Howie in the past has done so. So if I had to blame somebody, it's going to be Howie. Yeah, I'm. I'm so. I'm always down for a little Howie uh, ripping, ripping him. I'm, I, I've been driving the bus. Fire Howie to, Roseman. I, you know me. I try to be on both sides of the fence and say, yeah. yeah, there's negatives and there's positives that you can take from it. Of course, there is of Howie's career. But I mean, if the if look, they look exactly the same. They can change yeah. the coach. They can change the quarterback. But if if the product is exactly the same, the common denominator has to be Howie Roseman, who remains each and single time. So you know, yep. thanks for the Super Bowl. Thanks for the good things that you've done, but. Jeffrey Lurie, you know, I know Howie Roseman has survived everything, but he still is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately owner. They pull, they wanted to fire Reich after his first season with the team. I mean, if, if, if the product is, looks the same the rest of the way, Howie's not going to survive it, and that makes me think he's going to start getting desperate here. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, that trade's going to happen here shortly. So uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles jump back in on it if, when Howie starts feeling the pressure because this is really it. I know everybody wants yeah. to say, like, how he can survive anything. He's Jeffrey Lurie's right-hand man, no matter what. But if this team doesn't show any type of change and it looks continues to look the way it does, Jeffrey's going to start looking to replacing Howie. And, you know, Howie's going to start feeling that pressure. And if he thinks the strong wants is obtainable, I, I'm not so sure it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I – look, big picture, if you like, well, what, let's – you want to zoom out now, where I was going to hold off for that to the end. Yeah, it, it, but, is a, it is a crazy. It is no, a, look, and I'll admit it myself. It's an overreaction. You know. Yeah. It's, no, it's, you're it's, you're it's, not you're not overreacting whatsoever. Like, look, this was a this was an ass kicking, and and I agree with you that look, I think I I, I this looked like Doug Peterson's offense last year. Like yeah. last game, it did, and and it's it's curious because it doesn't look like Week One's offense. Like it, it's almost like. Hey, Jalen Hurts, we're gonna we're gonna give you this kind of easy game plan week one. And then once you kind of pass the test, once you once you nail it, what and he did. He was great week one. He was like analytically one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in week one. 
he like he passed the eye test. If you watch the game, you saw that like there's something there with the kid. And then it just it's that let's go away. Hey, you okay now now we'll try going deep. It's like no, that's not the way the NFL works. You don't just pass these tests and you, and okay now you can throw it short. Now you now we'll see if you can throw it deep. It's not how that works. And look, I, I don't I don't know if it's coming from the top in Howie Roseman. I we all know how he's very. He's a meddling GM, if that even makes sense. Most GMs are in, like somewhat involved, but it seems like Harry Roseman has always been involved in kind of the game plan style and what's going on with the team on the sidelines. And it almost seems like that's the reason why Doug Peterson left here in the first mm-hmm. place. But like it, this, Nick Sirianni, and I'm happy you said Nick Sirianni, in my opinion, deserves Harry Roseman probably deserves the blame in the, in the grand scheme of things for how this team is going. But I'm happy that like you brought Nick Sirianni into this because I think he's the only guy that you not the only guy, but he deserves 85 percent, 80 percent of the blame for that game. It was a, it was, a, and I was trying to hold off my like, like crushing him for the for the four Niners game because I don't think he coached a good game there either. No. But I didn't want to like. I thought there was like like Rager catches that pass. It's a different conversation. Uh, like there, there's there's Look. a little some stuff, stuff that happened during the game that could have changed. But like this was like Mike McCarthy out coached you. On yeah. primetime football. And Dan Quinn, because I don't and, I, look, yeah. I don't care how many games in you're into your career. They were missing six defensive linemen, and and I think right now their best linebacker in Keanu Neal. Like that mm-hmm. they there was a lot of advantage there to take advantage of the run. And you ran the ball three times with your running back. That's it, it's an like NFL record. Like yeah. what the hell they, are we doing here? Like Nick Sirianni looked unqualified. And I, I will say I know D'Amico Ryan's the 49ers defense is the same, but he looked Really rough there, too. I mean, mm-hmm. the red zone was inexcusable. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I don't want to crush the guy, too. I know he's only three games in. These growing pains are going to happen, and I get it. But, I mean, this this is rough. I mean, he, yeah. look look who the guy that he, was on the other side of the field, Kellen Moore, he interviewed with the Eagles. Like, 41 points easily, without mm-hmm. hesitation. Uh, and they, they looked pretty good. The Dallas Cowboys offense under Dak, who I don't even think is 100% yet. It was pretty good so far. And not only that, Kellen Moore evolved – Dak's game since he's worked with Dak. He made Dak the quarterback he is today. We always yeah. forget Dak was a game manager. Like mm-hmm. now, now, now Dak is a top 10 quarterback easy. Now it's Kellen Moore. That's, that, that's Moore. That might be kind of the biggest, like, kind of just stab in the heart from this game is you're watching Dallas Cowboys, like the biggest arch rival of the Eagles, a, a team in the division with a young quarterback, like awesome, kick ass, a young play caller being creative. And like this defense playing well, and like we're not doing any of that. Like it's well, like they're they're way ahead of the game, and it's demoralizing as an Eagles fan. It's demoralizing for the players as well. Like there were in total, Jalen Hurts had fifty plays, five zero plays in the game where he either had to make a decision to throw the ball, pass the ball, or which receiver to throw it to. You can't do that with a young quarterback. You got to make the decisions for him at the pre-snap. Just like you did in week one. Remember the screen passes to start the game. Like, you've got to get this guy to get the ball out early. You can't have him deciding 50 plays in the entire game. It's just not the way a young quarterback is going to be successful in the NFL. Right. And, like, your listeners are going to be thinking, you know, it was the Falcons' defense. It was easy to take advantage of that. That, that is true. But, I mean, ever since they had – they dumbed it down week one. They have mm-hmm. not done that since. They made it absolutely hard. And it just goes to my thinking, like, you know, I know they like Jalen Hurts. I know Howie Roseman was the reason why Jalen Hurts is in Philadelphia. Absolutely. And he, he loves the kid. And it, he's the reason why Jalen Hurts is getting this shot right now. But we all knew like, it wasn't going – the time is not on his side. And it just seems as if 
if you were to build around Jalen Hurts the proper way, Kellen Moore would have been the right pick. It, it, mm-hmm. it just we, we all forget Nick Sirianni was hired before they traded Carson Wentz. They didn't. They, yeah. they said, "Here's the keys to the car. We don't know what engine we're going to put in it yet." So oh. it, it, this Nick Sirianni wasn't hired, envisioned with Jalen Hurts, and so far you can tell that. Like, yeah, like he's it, not using his strengths. Like there's no design runs. Like it's like you have this a bit. Like look. You got to, like you said, you got to play your player's strengths. What's Jalen Hurts' best strength? It's him being able to run the football. And, like, you have this opportunity to, like, call plays for him. Like, I'm not saying you should, like, Greg Roman this offense like they do in Baltimore, but let's have Greg Roman this offense. You know, like, let's let's try, maybe maybe go give him a call or call one of his old assistants and be like, hey, you got some plays that you used to run with Greg Roman in Baltimore? Like, I think it would look good with Hurts. And there's just none of that. Like, it's like, it's like we're watching the Carson Wentz drop back passing from last year. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But look, yeah. and I know I brought up Deshaun Watson, and you know I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I do believe in Jalen Hurts' talent, but he's incredibly raw, and then yeah. and the Eagles knew that. And if you're gonna, I don't know, you have to play to a player's strengths, like you're saying, if he's gonna be that raw, and you're also gonna have to aid him with some type of rushing attack, and you're not doing that whatsoever. It just makes me think, you know, this fit is just odd. And if again, how he's gonna start feeling the pressure here soon, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if you, they hear yep. the name being. Back, I know Deshaun Watson was rumored not to want to go to the Eagles, but look, I don't. Option, I never bought that rumor from the start. I don't buy it either. Yeah, his options are limited. He wants out of Houston, mm-hmm. and he'll yes. get out of whatever way they can get him out of Houston. He's going to take, especially at this point uh, with everything going on. Uh, I'm not saying I'm going to advocate for that move, but this is you know Harry Rosen is going to think about his career when it comes down to it. Yeah. And, and if now that he's more obtainable and the Eagles have more ammo than the Dolphins, who I think are the biggest threat to them, uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be tough because. They like Jalen Hurts. It's nothing. To, it's not an indictment on Jalen Hurts. It's taking more of the sure thing when your career is on the line. And I think yeah. that it might come down to it. You wouldn't be surprised if you hear the Eagles more involved with this uh, yeah. going forward. But- and so, like Jalen Hurts is like let's let's take a look at Jalen Hurts' performance. Like he was like he, it was over. Like a lot of like his stat are like this is a game like you could go back like in a year and look at the stats like okay Hurts played okay no he did not um, twenty five or thirty nine three hundred twenty six two touchdowns two picks. Um, it was pretty much over after the Trayvon Dix pick six, which happened in the third quarter. So like it was, it was done by that point. Like the game was over, and uh, I, I think I think he struggled to read the field like big time. And I, I saw that in the 49ers game. Like he's not, he's he's way too late on the ball, and that was kind of my biggest take with 49ers. And again in this game, like like you got to get the ball out early enough. Like there's there was a play. Like the, the, there was a play where Devonta Smith was kind of running on on a mesh route, mesh concept that was a great play call by Nick Sirianni, one of the only good ones he had all day. And he tries to hit Dallas Goddard like way over the field, like take take the check down, take take Devonta Smith, your best receiver, running open fifteen yards down the field. It, it just it doesn't seem like him. He's on the same like him and him and Nick Sirianni. Like you said, it doesn't seem like it's a good fit, and they're on the same page right now. And he's laid on all of his throws and. Look, I'll say it. His arm strength is starting to become sort of a factor. Like you can see on that throw from to Jalen Rager that was picked off. Like he's he's not getting his feet. Like his mechanics are messed up. He's not getting his feet in the ball. It just it doesn't look. I it's been seven starts. I'm not gonna have my big Jalen Hurts take for at least another three, four, five starts. But as of right now, it's not trending in the right direction. Yeah, I look. I believe in his talent. I don't know if I believe yeah. in the situation. I think that's fair for anybody to be skeptical of at this point because everybody has. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I do believe in the kid. I really do. I think he has the intangibles. But it, I'm getting the Nick Foles vibes. You know, there there was a time and a place from 2012 to 2014 where we thought Nick Foles was the guy, yeah. and the Eagles spent a lot of time thinking Nick Foles is the guy and the guy, and he was a winner. But he never had the franchise quarterback 
string to prove that you can make him your franchise quarterback. That might be the same thing here. Might, Nick, I mean, Jalen Hurts might be the Nick Foles type backup. You know, he can go out there, win games for you, manage the game, do things very well, surprise you, uh, add a mobility that Nick Foles is, doesn't have at least. But I don't know if he's ever going to be that franchise caliber quarterback. And again, this is really early to say that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, these quarterbacks, when you, when you, have, when you look at the Sean Watson situation, I th- he would make Nick Sirianni better automatically, and we all know that. But I think Carson Wentz's talent, we all like to think, you know, Dick Peterson had Frank Wright, John DeFilippo, all these coaches. That's what made him so strong. But I think before Carson Wentz's injuries, his talent outshined Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson's coaching. It made it look better. Uh, when Carson Wentz got worse, I don't think it was a coincidence that Peterson's coaching simultaneously got worse in the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be the same thing for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if Jalen Hurts can elevate Nick Sirianni's coaching at this point because it's so raw and he, he's still growing. Uh, Deshaun Watson would. So yeah. I know I'm, I'm not trying to spend the whole entire time talking about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> no, it's going to be it's going to be a top of conversation it, here. It's it going might, it's going to it's it might happen. Russell, like it could be Russell Wilson if Seattle doesn't yeah. do well this year. Like yeah. you know, it's they're going to be in the quarterback market if Jalen yeah. Hurts doesn't work out exactly. Not, in the next I, in the next four games, if if there's not, I, I said I'll go five starts. If there's not five starts, I will start talking about looking for new quarterbacks. Like I will be. Like looking at who's available, like it, it's you can't. Twelve starts is it's kind of a large sample size. That's seven right now. Maybe even four, like three, four, five. Like it's coming. The, the, the decision time's coming. The judge with the with the hammer is going to have to smack it soon, and it's going to be decided if he's, if he's a quarterback or not pretty quickly. Like they're not mm-hmm. giving how we know Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, like they love quarterbacks. This team is obsessed with the quarterback position. They always have. They always will be. They proved it by drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round last year. Like that's they are quarterback obsessed. They're not going to sit around and watch their quarterback position be a disaster for much longer. It was a complete disaster in 2020. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts has been a disaster, but like they want above average quarterback boy. And if he can't yeah. give that to them pretty soon, like rumors are gonna start swirling around. Well, I mean, it it took Nick Bowles 20 starts with the Eagles, 20 some starts with the Eagles to, for them to make the determination that he's not a franchise quarterback. And he had 27 and two to build on. And they yeah. made that determination, you know, so it's going to be tough. And yeah. I, I don't, you know, the Eagles pay attention to the quarterback class two years ahead before it comes into uh, the cycle. So it'd be tough for me to really think that they think that, right, especially right now, I know it's early in the college season, there's still time. But uh, besides like Carson Strong as a, as a late bloomer, this is Malik Willis. There's just really not something there where I think the Eagles will invest in this quarterback uh, draft class. I, I think they would go a veteran. I don't think they would go I for think another so draft too. pick. I, really, I think they would go veteran. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Tell you, but I mean, I do. I mean, who knows? I I do think they're gonna go veteran because they do. I I they like this young talent with this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they would rather use those picks to build around re- more resources to build more core players because they don't have that many core players that they're gonna yeah. be. They need. A, they need Joshua, Jordan Mulata. These guys are trying to do these extensions to become these core players that they can set the tone for Nick Sirianni's tenure. Uh, and then they want the quarterback to do so. Really, it, if it wasn't for this case, I think Deshaun Watson's an eagle. If it wasn't for all the stuff against him just because of his age and everything. I think it would already happen by now. And the, Yeah, I, I think so too. I hate to say it because, I mean, it's going to be very hard. And to put my fan hat on for a second and take the writing hat off for a second, it'd be really hard to root for that guy. For everything that's going on, yeah. I, I, I don't want I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to touch him until after the year. Or I just to make sure everything's okay. And even then, like, and I, 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 and I, I, yeah, I, I don't know because I know Jay Glazer's reporting that something's going to happen soon. I think Miami would be that team to not care 
Uh, yeah. Especially with everything going on with Tua. Their owner wants him. Like their owner wants him. Yeah, their bad, owner wants so, him too. Yeah. And he wants to go to Miami, but yeah. uh, you, you can't count the Eagles out of that now. Yeah. I, I know it's sad because it's only two games against San Francisco defense and the Cowboys the, that you're making the determination so far. But uh, Howie Roseman, I know everybody, like, I'm, I'm just got to reiterate this. They, they chose him over Doug Peterson. If it looks the exact same or they're not worse, there's not any progress to be shown here. Because that's all I wanted from the Eagles. I picked them to go 7-10. and 10, But all I wanted mm-hmm. to see was some progress in the meantime. And it's, so it's going far, down. Yeah, there's no and, progress. It looks yeah. worse. Yeah, exactly. Worse. And, yeah. and if it continues to look that way, High Rose is going to pay the piper. They're going to get rid of them. They're going to go another direction. 100%. And like that, you nailed it with the progress. Like it's The coach-quarterback combination looks like 2020. Like you know, more works right at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and again, small sample size, three games, but the last two, like we're going backwards. Like we started off good, we're or now we're going down a hill. So it's worrisome. And uh, I think we got to talk about the defense before we get out of here. We got about five ten minutes left. Um, defensive side of the ball, not encouraging to say the least. Cowboys basically did what they wanted. They picked us apart on any every side of the like every way you possibly could. If they wanted to pass the ball, they were passing. If they wanted to run, they could run. You had Tony Pollard and Ezekiel with over 60 yards, both averaging over 5.5 yards of carry. Like Doc Prescott was 21 to 26, like for three touchdowns. Like it was they Cowboys were extremely efficient. They did what they what they wanted to. They controlled the, the game. Um it, what do you do here? Like uh, Jonathan Gannon, I know he's he's probably going to be in some coaching talks towards the end of the year. Like he's a young kind of up and coming defensive mind, but man, it, it, he didn't look like he made adjustments. He looked unprepared. This, this defense looked unprepared. This was not, this was not like a, an exciting performance from defense whatsoever. And it, it's kind of worrisome now, like defense, like without Brandon Graham, defensive line starting to get thinner. I, I, I don't, I think this defense might've been a tad overhyped through, through two games. It was, Yeah, it was definitely for sure. Because, you know, the one thing I'm noticing about Jonathan Gannon's system is how reliant they are on the linebackers in the run in the run game, and that wasn't the same thing under Jim Schwartz. So that's why he could survive this weaker talent at linebacker. He was always a problem, but he could survive it better. So then why didn't we invest in one? Like, why is Jannard Avery? Why is Jannard Avery getting playing time at the same position when he's not that? Like, it, oh, sorry, go on. Better yet, make- Eric, <laughs> Eric Wilson. I mean, Eric Wilson is horrible. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was. He popped off the screen bad last on Monday night. Like he, and he was really bad. He was really bad against Atlanta play. too. Like he, Atlanta, he was noticeably bad. And this game, he's not played good football. The, yeah, it's the thing with this defense. They really, they are overhyped. That you lose a guy like Brandon Graham, you lose a guy like Rodney McLeod, you get exposed. I mean, and Fletcher Cox. I mean, I hate to say it, he's just not the same guy anymore. I mean, Javon, Javon Hargrave is outplaying him noticeably at this point, and. It, I love Fletcher Cox. We all know the presence that he is. He still commands a ton of respect from the offensive lines, but he just isn't the same player anymore. And losing nope. Brandon Graham was really losing the heartbeat of this team. I I believe the secondary will improve even more when Ronnie McLeod's back. I think the communication yep. of safety is being messed up right now, and I think it's overshadowing Anthony Harris a little bit. I don't think Anthony Harris is a great player, but I still think he's a good player. Uh, yep. Some really boneheaded plays by him, though. But uh, if once they get Ronnie McLeod out back there, I think they'll be a little bit more – structured and safety wise, but I don't think this deal line's ever gonna gonna improve because I don't Milton Williams is just you're asking a lot of this rookie. You're to play two different techniques and then Derek Barnett's just not a good player. No yeah, you have he, to he was Tyron Tyron Smith was dominating him last night it's or Monday night. Not, even when he yeah. does get the pressures he never finishes it. So what's yeah. the point? I mean it's great you get pressure and everything but the plays nine times out of ten still get completed because the quarterback can make a move. He never finishes. 
And Ryan Kerrigan is is cooked. Yeah. I, I, I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. The guy has nothing left in the tank. Washington let him go easily for a reason, and he was like their Brian Dawkins. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they let him just walk out the building, and you can see why, because he's cooked. He's done. Yeah. I mean, they have no help on that defensive line other than Josh Lett. If If they think they have any type of chance – which I mean I wouldn't make this move yet, but if they believe that they can make that they can make a run for the wild card or anything or this division, I would not the wild card, but at least this division, they might have to look at defensive end on the trade market because the, they don't have the power there to, you know, really make a force on this defense. Because even with Jonathan Gannon, his, his special uh, his specialty was secondary, and that's what I always expected would be the improvement. But no matter what the defensive coordinator was going to be, you're inheriting a great, great defensive line that you can lean on your first year as a defense. Now you can't, and that's going to be really hard for him to overcome. Uh, I, it's it's tough to judge him harshly because this offense has given this defense no chances the last two games. They're on the field at almost like a Chip Kelly rate again, it seems like. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it was really hard for me to crush this defense because if the offense had any type of time of possession, I think this defense plays better. But, I mean, they're just gassed, and they don't have the bodies. I mean, yeah. the, this depth that they're relying on is just isn't good. And the linebackers are, are too involved in the run game, and they're not good enough to produce against it. So no. uh, Eric, they have to Eric, rehaul the, the horn yeah. position this offseason. They have yeah. to. If they want this, if they want Jonathan Gann's defense to really come to fruition, because I don't think he's going to get a head, head coaching job after this year. I think it's going to take at least two years for him to establish himself uh, before he gets one. I hope so. I hope so. Make, if they want to make a jump in his defense in year two, they need linebackers. Yeah, agreed. So Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton and P, like take PFF's grades with a grain of salt, but uh, 83 eligible linebackers. Alex Singleton is 72nd. Eric Wilson is 81st. Those are the base deep linebackers as of right now, and I, I have a hard I have a hard time believing that Eric Wilson will continue. I, I think I think TJ uh, TJ Edwards deserves. Smarting playing Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor's gonna be playing time at some point. <laughs> they, 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 they don't think he's healthy enough to put him out there right now, but he will be out there on the field. Yeah, at some point. and they invested a third round pick in him. Like you got to, you got to see, you got to start seeing, you got to start seeing what your investment gets. So you invested a third round pick in this guy. You got to start getting some return on that investment. You brought up Fletcher Cox. I thought that was a great point. He looked notably slower, and and on especially against Dallas, like. He didn't put up a stat. He had a touchdown and reco- fumble recovery, but that was all Javon Hargrave. Um, it was not Fletcher Cox. He was just there to pick up the ball. He didn't put up a stat line. He's still without a sack through three games. And I hate to say it, but he's probably, at this rate, he's probably not a Philadelphia Eagle after next year. They can save $17 million by cutting him after June 1st of this year. So it's something to keep in mind. Um, he's one of my favorite Eagles of all time. Uh, he's like one of the most watching him in 2015 was one of my favorite defensive player years in Philly. He was, he was that dominant. It's just, he's not, he's not, you can't pay $26 million to a guy that's not going to perform. And look, this defense lacks young talent right now. Like there's not a lot there. Josh Sweat. Yes. Um, Javon Hargrave, I guess you can put in the young category. They have him for one more year, but where else, where where is the rest of the young talent there, Connor? Like it's not there's nothing there, and that's the problem. This team lacks young talent in general. That's when we can get kind of the big picture thing here before we go. Like this team lacks severely lacks young talent, and it's starting to show now that injuries are starting to pile up. Isaac Samelo gone for the year, Brandon Graham gone for the year. Uh, like now you got uh, Brandon Brooks who probably won't be back for at least another six weeks. Like you're starting to see this young quote unquote young talent have to play, and they're getting their butts kicked. There's there's not much to be excited right now as an Eagles fan, and Patrick Mahomes is coming to town now. Like this is, this this could get ugly before it gets better. 
That's when you start looking at, like you're saying, like the Fletcher Cox, the salary caps, the yeah. Terry Slays, the Roddy McClouds, so on and so forth. Well, Roddy McClouds on one year deal, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah and you and, you, and Brandon Graham's, and you think maybe we got to move on and shift this money to better resources, younger resources to build upon going forward. Nick Sirianni's tenure, and that's what's going to happen. It is mm-hmm. going to happen. I mean, they're going to try to shop those guys for picks if they don't yeah. end the season well. So, I mean, they're going to have – it's still a rebuilding effort. There's, I mean, we, we call it retooling, but if they go – I mean, if they again, if they go one and five these next couple of games. There's a very five. good chance that they are one and five in, the, in four weeks from now. Like, they I mean, make a very, very, very good chance. I put not, it I put it above 50%. And that's when you have to start letting the phones <laughs> yeah. ring and you start answering. Um, because at this point, you, you got to start building picks and keep going into these drafts. And, I mean, there's a lot of good defensive talent coming out of this, this upcoming draft class. This would be a great draft class to take advantage of all the defensive talent coming out of. Uh, it, Kyle Hamilton, uh, I'm not even going to pronounce the word against defensive end name, but Kayvon, whatever uh, last name, but uh, he's yeah. great. I would love to have him. Uh, they're going to have Derek Stingley because I don't know if Darius Lee is going to be here past this year. Like th- This is the time where you have to really invest in the young talent to build this core around this young coaching staff that you're going to move on forward with because you kind of fail doing that with Doug Peterson. You do, you had Carson once and then the guys. Uh, they're going to need to do that now. They're going to have to build around a core if they want this next year on a tenure to work. Yeah, this is going to be uh, – it's going to be an interesting next three weeks to say the least, man. I uh... – I didn't expect the Eagles to get their butts kicked like this on Monday football, and it kind of just no. I this, really this, this was Dan this Quinn was like Mike McCarthy. Up. Those were the coaches that play down to their competition each time you go against them. But Nick Sirianni yeah. made it too easy for him. Yeah, this was a, this was a wake up call in, in general in Philadelphia, and I think fans and everyone in, in Nick Sirianni I hope takes some, some accountability, and I hope they realize like we got we got to get our crap together, and our this can get. I'll be fast. All right, Connor, I really appreciate you appreciate you doing this. We'll definitely do this again this year. Before you go, why don't you plug in anything you want the readers or sorry, the listeners who take uh listen to or read to just plug in anything you got here. Yeah, I promise I'm not this negative, and I do think there's some positives to come from no. this. Project. What what is nothing to be positive I, about, man? I, I, I think you did a great job. You did exactly what I was thinking. I do think like, you know, we drank the Kool-Aid a little bit too early. Yeah. Um we're, we're getting the we're facing the harsh reality of it right now. It will get better. Uh, they have the resources to make it better. I don't know if if they have if the guy who makes the personal decisions is the right guy to make it better, but I do think it's he's going to be on the hot seat. So uh, they can turn this around. I, I, it was always going to be a process, and we drank the Kool Aid a little bit too quick, thinking it wouldn't be because this roster is just not good enough. It, yeah. it needs to get better, but and they will. They have the resources to do so. So uh, EagleMaven.com has Sports Illustrated's Philadelphia Eagles slate. You can catch my work, Ed Krasis and John McMullins, all our articles on there. And then, of course, the podcast, Eagles Unfiltered, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, great stuff on there. Myself, Ed, do a show. And then Football Kelly does the Kelly Green Show. And, of course, Giovanni Hamilton does the Philly Sports Giovanni. So check that out. I appreciate you having me on, Deej. Yeah, man, really appreciate you coming on. Again, so uh, make sure to check out his work at EaglesMaven.com. Three podcasts there. If you listen to my, if you watch Monday Football, also Giovanni's. Uh, she on a segment, had a little tear in my eye watching that. It was great. Um, but yeah, Eagles talk with Deeg. We'll be back on Thursday with, uh, sorry, Friday. We're rescheduling because we had the late week. Me and Thomas will be back again with film review and a preview of the Kansas City Chiefs. Double Blank Podcast episode is dropping simultaneously with this one. So make sure you check that out. We'll talk to you later.